0: Find the best. They might get you. Eventually, you're beating the best, um, and then you find a new level after that. And it's just kind of been constant, I guess. If you can go through that grind, if you can lose and take it and move on, then uh, you know that's. If you're in it for the long haul, then then you you can do it no matter what. I think it's very important how you deal with major wins and major losses, and uh, you know for your insides and for other people. When I'm thankful for this experience, I'm thankful for fighting well and I'm, and I'm feeling it, then that keeps me playful and that keeps me uh, competitive um, and not thinking about have to do this or want to do that. For me, that's what it was. It was just depend on God and let him take me where he, I, he needs me to be and, and and continue that self-betterment process. You know, uh, Yeah, bounce right back up too early and, and you haven't learned anything. Uh, stay down too long and you're just being dramatic. So yeah, I think you're right. It's depending on the situation that you got to bounce back at the right time.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to the I Love Success podcast. I am super excited to have all your viewers, listeners here with us today. This is episode 251. If you haven't checked out episode 250, when I traveled to Seattle to meet with my childhood hero, Bruce Lee, please check that out. It was an incredible journey for me and a lifelong dream. And um, as you know, I don't only have martial artists on the show, but today... I have a great martial artist and, uh, there's been an incredible twist to his story in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, I mean, this, this guy has won a lot of tournaments, uh, six times Pan American champion, I think 15 time national champion in the U S and a whole bunch of other medals. Uh, he's been fighting at the top for quite some years now and, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago he realized that he will not qualify for the olympics which was probably very tough and we're going to talk more about that in 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 a little bit but then i think a week ago he got he got the the invitation to actually go to the olympics which is incredible and just imagine uh, his uh, the roller coaster in his mind first not going this is a childhood dream for everybody who doesn't know karate this is the first time karate is an Olympic sport and it's a dream that we all have. I competed for for the Swedish national team for more than 10 years. And we always dreamt about the Olympics, but it, it never happened, but now it's there. <laughs> and uh, this guy get to go there. So without further ado, welcome Tom Scott to the I Love Success podcast.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy to be here.
1: Awesome. So a quick question for people who don't know you, when, when did you fall in love with martial arts and specifically karate?
0: Sure. So I, I started, you know, it's funny, you know, nobody starts karate because of the sport, right? Everyone starts because their parents want discipline or they want confidence or they want self-defense. And so, you know, I started as an eight-year-old when I, my parents wanted me to build some confidence, you know, and, but I quickly, you know, the sport did capture my heart. You know, a couple of years right later, and I—I um, I don't know. I think it was just maybe the individual sport aspect. I played all the team sports down here too. I played baseball, soccer, football, and through high school as well. But uh, having control of the outcome and it being on me has always helped me, right? And so I, I enjoyed that aspect. And my my teachers quickly became my heroes and and that was that.
1: Awesome. And how uh how did doing other sports help you in karate? And how did karate help you in other sports? Interesting.
0: I mean I know like you know so on like a small level, I know that in football, like it karate always helped me take a hit, right? Or you know, land on the ground and not get really hurt, you know. So Understanding how to hit the ground, how to take a hit, you know, and, and, and survive a hit was, was definitely helpful. I think uh, karate helped me there. Um, and, you know, maybe the, the other sports helped me in karate by, uh, you know, introducing just some of that competitiveness, you know, wanting to be better than you were yesterday and introdu- introduction to different coaching, you know, different influences in my life. I also to realize how good uh, my coaches were at at the Academy of Classical Karate. So I think uh it's good to to get a taste of multiple sports and uh overall general athleticism as a kid, you know, and coordination and stuff like that is is good. So it probably helped me there.
1: Awesome. And and looking at your where you grew up and your club, did they had a track record of successful athletes in karate or or did you kind of lead the way there?
0: Actually, yeah, they did already. Um, in the leagues that we were involved with, um, our our small school, it was a small school um, at the time, and, but it, uh, you know, we moved here about 15 years ago or so, and, but before that, it was a small school in a different part of town, and, and we competed in the local leagues, you know, that that even actually uh, had kind of different martial arts, you know, it was kind of karate and taekwondo, and kind of whoever wanted to come along and play in these rules. And it was really only statewide. Um, but our, our little school was dominant there. Um, I can remember growing up and watching my teachers compete and being excited about that and then wanting to do that. And, but they all always wanted more, you know, um uh, from sensei Brody Burns, the, the owner and head coach to the athletes at the time who were doing well, everybody wanted more. So we. They looked for, you know, leagues that were more nationwide, that uh, offered more, uh, that were harder, you know, more difficult. And, and we found our way from one league to another league and, and eventually to USA Karate and, um, you know, started competing international. And, you know, it's just it's just been that that's been the theme of the whole thing. We want more. You know, we want we've wanted more compete against better. Um, and, and it just hasn't stopped.
1: That's awesome. And, and I love that mindset. I think uh, in life in general, a lot of people fear more because there's, there's that sense of maybe I'm a beginner again and, and, uh, I will look bad and that will affect my confidence. So a lot of people stay in their own little shell. Uh, can you just say, uh, talk about like how what, what did you do and who helped you kind of having that mindset and daring to go out and actually challenge yourself against people that are better than you?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Again, I mean, I would say that uh, there were times my, my parents and family uh, coach Brody Burns here, um, you know, all the instructors, you know, we've, we've, we've got a a really good family environment here or, and what I mean by is like, the instructor core here is is a bunch of the athletes that that taught me when i was little and you know they they all still teach here they all still are very encouraging for me and even our littlest ones and um and i think it's it's just something we we understand really well um just on a natural level that when you're looking for more and you and there's a process you're going to get in over your head and you're going to lose you know you're you're going to be you know maybe defeated or or whatever and and that's a part of it you have to get you have to do that first before then you can then dominate that level um and that's just kind of the theme over and over and over you you find the best they might get you eventually you're beating the best um and you find a new level after that and it's just kind of been constant i guess
1: and uh Let's talk about Tom as a younger athlete, when you did challenge yourself and when you did lose against these better fighters, how how did you handle that? Were you hard on yourself or, or how did you regroup and move forward? Oh yeah, as a kid, I, you know, the teachers
0: all like, they all love telling the stories about me crying at tournaments and not handling it well. Um, and, uh, you know, so, but that's, that's what, it's good for kids, right? I mean, you have to get out there, you have to lose, you have to learn that and, uh, So, no, I definitely did not do a good job as a kid. (laughs) And then, you know, and then as an adult, it it just has become a part of the formula that, you know, especially for Americans traveling to Europe and it's a long trip and you have to do it frequently. And I grew up um, on some of those great events, the Dutch Open, you know, and the, you know, that has a near and dear place in my heart because, I would travel a long way sometimes by myself and maybe I fight one fight and lose and I have to make the most of it. Like I have to come away with something big or else all that trip was for nothing. And so that became a part of our formula, you know, and I would, even if I got one match, boy, I would come back with analysis, uh, improvements. I would cut this out, I would change. And so we were always evolving as an athlete, always evolving as a competitor. And, um, and then of course, it, in the inevitable happens, you go two rounds, you go four rounds, you, you medal, you win, you know, and you're your finding those new guys. I remember it was a goal, it was like, okay, those are the guys I need to be, you know, I'm losing first round, second round. I need to be fighting those guys. And then eventually a year or two years later, I'm fighting those guys in the fourth round, fifth round uh, metal matches. And, and it was, it, it's just a part of the process. If you're, if you have the patience, you know, if you can go through that grind, if you can lose and take it and move on, then, uh, you know, that's, if you're in it for the long haul, then, then you, you can do it no matter what I think.
1: I'm getting goosebumps because I, I know that journey. And especially like for people who don't know karate, most of the time you're, a lot of the time you're traveling by yourself. Uh, if you're from a country where karate doesn't have that, much money and push you're probably investing most of the money yourself (laughs) and uh, then you have this short window of time right to to compete and and everybody's good at that level Uh, so just being able to continue and grow hats off to you man that's that's a big big thing to do and we we all know at at the competitions for people who don't know karate if you go to a competition like Dutch Open it's like probably 60-70 people in your division, and 20 of them have medal at a European or a world championship. So you're gonna meet in the first or the second round, you're gonna fight somebody that has medal at the highest level. Uh, and that that is tough. And karate is such a such a sport that one little mistake <laughs> and it's gone can we just talk about that how how have you been able to deal with that which also makes karate so exciting right to to be able to do as few mistakes as possible but also being aggressive at, as a fighter instead of just defending
0: sure well i mean i guess um yeah i mean we we've, we've i've done a lot of analysis on matches and stuff like that and and one of the the fun things i always like to say is that you know i i conclude that there's there's going to be on average in any match your opponent is going to make at least three mistakes right like a missed kick or a uh you know they just got too close on accident or they uh you know they put their hands down and got relaxed too close you know those are mistakes on a high level you know uh competition and And if your body and your mind is ready to capitalize and score points on mistakes, then it'd be like starting every match up three points, right? Because you don't have to do any thinking or planning for capitalizing a mistake. That's just automatic. They put their hands down, boom, you know? Um, and so you're, you're, you have your thinking game over here, planning strategies, uh, set up, but then also if something happens, you, you have your reaction game at the same time and, and it's a balance for both. Yeah. You gotta have, Uh, both of those as far as making mistakes boy that that's just part of uh you know being able to have the patience for long term and i can go back and remember certain events that you know i'll never do this or that again because i learned after i did that you know can't do that you know um so and it and it takes uh a couple dozen events to Burn in your mind that, that to remember uh, mistakes that you want to change and things like that. So um, sometimes it, it just takes that, you know.
1: It's things, yeah. And I think we're talking about that. Like, there's I've talked to a lot of athletes and, and people that want to play at the highest level in life, and, and most of them are actually bad losers in a way. They might not throw shit around and, and, and punch hole through a wall, but they get very pissed off when they lose uh, because they, they have disappointed them themselves. And, and I actually think that might be a good thing. And that's, that's something that actually drives you forward. So I'm curious, what, what's your opinion on that?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's it all in, all in good taste, right? I mean, if, if I've seen athletes to like lose their mind and, and I'll remember it forever and it's kind of one of those things you're like, you know, yeah. They they probably wish that that athletes didn't see them do that you know um, flip flip something or just absolutely lose it and that's not what this is about it's not what karate is about um, yeah you can you can certainly still be disappointed and motivated to do more without uh, being dramatic about it either you know and um, and and a lot of athletes do it well some athletes not so well um, you know and and uh, so. I don't know. I think uh, mm, it's, it's any that each, each athletes different, you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not the type to overreact. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just going to kind of sit there and think about it and take it. And, and there's only one way through and that's through, you know, yeah. you can't get around the, the sucky feelings of, of uh, you know, losing or, or not making it. Um, but that's, you know, if you're, you know, Uh, depending on your walk in life that that sort of experience is just as valuable and can do great things for you if you're open to it you know um otherwise otherwise and i know several people too i mean this olympic process has been wild you know and, and crazy and it has affected every athlete who's participated in it and you know if if you're able to say that you gave it your all and it didn't work then and you're proud of it, then you know that's good. But you know, if it's a dangerous thing to ever blame others or uh, be angry about it, because you could hold on to that for the rest of your life. And that—that that was what happened to me when I did not make it. You know, I did not qualify, and it was very bitter pill to swallow. But but I have to I have to do something good with it, or it'll I'll be that guy. Yeah. That oh, I almost made it, you know, and and yeah. and I and I don't, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to talk that way. I didn't want to think that way, and uh, I didn't want to ever be bitter or jealous or and, um, you know, I think it's it's very important how you deal with major wins and major losses, and um, you know, for your insides and for other people.
1: No, I think I think you're absolutely correct, and I think you actually see a character of a human being when, when he or she loses because anybody can win. It's not actually, it's not hard to be a winner, but to lose and to move forward uh, with grace, that is pretty difficult. I I want to go back to, to you not making the Olympics. And I'm just going to read one of your posts from that time, because I think that was uh, incredible. And then we can, we can talk about that. Uh, So this is what you wrote after this, after you, knew that you were not going to the Olympics. This is June 15th. I think this was posted and I'm just going to read it here. I will not go to the Olympics. I asked him, I tried, but the answer was no. I actually qualified in two of the three phases but lost in all three stages to bizarre events. One, I had it in the world ranking and I entered into a three month losing streak. They gave it away. Two, Paris qualifier should have been a strong event for me and despite showing up prepared, couldn't get it done. Three, I had it as the highest ranked Pan-American male athlete, but my Olympic category was full when the continental inclusion came around. It's a crazy feeling to have been that close that many times. If the saying is God doesn't give you more than you can handle, then hopefully losing my ticket three times can prove me that much stronger or wiser. I learned anything from sport. It's that you've never know how long it will take to get closure. And it may not be what you expect, but mine will come. And I pray I'm wise enough to recognize it that day. If this doesn't break me, then I'm pretty sure nothing will for the rest of my life. Therefore, that is what this one was meant for. I refuse to live in jealousy and I will not give in to anger. I will not ro- roll over. Congratulations to my Olympic opponents a great group of gentlemen that I owe so much to. But when I see you next, bring your best best game. And then you congratulate your team uh, teammates. And the last thing here is I did not level up my game and my life for the Olympics. I level up because this is what I live to do. I'm not afraid of suffering. It will bring me closer to God if I let it. That is very, very much still exciting enough for me. So <laughs> that's, that's a great post, but let's break it down. So you're, you're so close. Three, you should, you should have, you should have made the Olympics, right? In every single, uh, uh, or you should have made it. You're one, one of the top athletes and you, uh, you should be there and, but you're not, which happens to everybody all the time in life, right? People yeah. should be there and they're, they're not. The problem with the Olympics and especially karate and the Olympics is that this is probably a once in a lifetime event. Who even knows if it will be karate in the next Olympics, right? Uh, I don't know if that's decided yet or not, but probably not. So what's going through your mind? Like this is this is the one thing that every karate athlete that is a competitor are dreaming of. And you're so close at three occasions. Uh, at, just walk me through that that emotion and those feelings you have at that time. Sure,
0: I mean, you know, coming going back to a year ago with the ranking, you know, I think, you know, I was qualified or I was in the fourth spot for ranking, and uh, I just I needed to perform reasonably well to maintain. You know, um, it's all it's a tight race uh, with the next athlete and. And, but I need to win some rounds. I need to be in medal matches and, but I've done that now I can do that. And I had done that on average, you know, uh, just my averages over the last, you know, 10 years or so, because, but, but all of a sudden I went back to, you know, those feelings, like we talked about at the Dutch opens, you know, where I'm, I was going out first round for three of three events in a row, um, in, in Paris. And then also in, uh, Austria and. Uh, I can't even remember. I'm blocking it out because I <laughs> did not want to remember it anymore. Yeah. But enough, you know, whatever the third one wasn't, and it was it was not a good feeling. Oh, Dubai! It was in Dubai. So long trips, and you know, but each time you're thinking, it's a hard mental space because you can't think. Oh no, this is happening. You know, you have to, um, you know, you have to just be focused on on the task at hand. You know, if and that's just it's a good example of of what other influence outside influences can do to you to an athlete and so all athletes old and young should be aware that if the task at hand is to win a match right thinking about the olympics thinking about the medal thinking about what it would mean this or that does not help you win the match you know it can help you it can help motivate you in a workout two weeks before that sort of thinking. Oh, the Olympics. Awesome. I'm going to work out really hard. But when you're in the match, literally the it's, you have to bring it so back down to the beginning, kicking, punching, moving, and you and your opponent, that's it. It, it, As soon as you start thinking about things that are outside, it, uh, it will slow you down. It will put pressure on you. You'll make mistakes and people are ready to capitalize on mistakes. So it's just a, and it's a funny example. Like the, you have to, want to beat this person in front of you more than you have to want the medal yeah right you have to want to play your sport more than you want the outcome and that was that's always been hard for me i want to sometimes i want to be this champion that that doesn't that doesn't put in the hard work or some or, you know that doesn't have to beat this guy over here and and it's it's a constant battle you know it's a constant it's the same 8-year-old kid that joined for confidence and it's always evolving and, and that's something I've learned lately too, is that it's not about reaching a certain space and being there forever, like, oh, I've made it. And it's, it's, a constant, it's a constant cycle forever. You know, you're always trying to maintain a mindset or improve a mindset. And even once you have it one second, you have to work to keep it or to make a new level or else it'll come back. You know, you'll make mistakes you made 10 years ago or stuff like that. So, I mean, that was kind of what I had to learn in that first phase. Um, but it, it's a wild thing to think about that in, in, for me, the, the COVID break actually, you know, really was good for me, uh, because I was in the middle of all this pressure and it was not going well. And I got to train for a year with no tournaments, yeah. you know, I'm not preparing for anything, but I'm just doing karate out here with my friends because I like it. And, and that was huge. And I, I did enjoy that. And it put me in a great space, you know, recently. And I felt, I felt like my practices and tournaments have been exactly where I want them to be. Um, and in Paris, I still even feel like even though I lost, I still feel like I did great. You know, I, I did exactly some of the things I wanted to do. And, you know, so that was, that's what was, blew my mind in Paris was that I'm sitting there with my coach afterward. We just lost. And I'm like, I, I almost don't even feel bad you know, if I had made a mistake, if I had, uh, you know, blew it, but I feel great. I feel in shape. I fought hard. I was thinking I was open. I did some cool, tricky things. I'm, I'm, I'm very confused. You know, (laughs) I like, how did this not go better? So that, that was Paris. And then, but we knew about the continental wildcards for years. You know, we knew that, uh, that that was not going to be in for me. And so I I was never focused on that. I tried to, you know, stay focused on the ranking and stay focused on Paris and because uh, even despite being the highest ranked or the Pan American games champion, you know, uh, we knew that wasn't going to work because everybody's first choice was minus 75 guys. Of course. And by the time, you know, yeah. So I was just kind of a weird thing about it.
1: And, uh, Speaking of of that, do you think it got into your head uh, during the other qualifying tournaments that you're already there and now you just had to keep your position instead of moving forward? Did For sure. that affect the performance?
0: Yeah, I mean I can I can admit that. I mean, I, I feel like it was definitely influencing me and I was feeling pressure um, you know, in my matches and and just not thinking straight. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think that I think that's the hardest part when you reach a certain level, because when you start competing, especially if you're pretty good, you're playful, right? And then now this is like once in a lifetime. So it's almost like my father always tells me the story, and he's my sensei, like with the sand in your hand. If you grasp too tight, you lose it. If it's too too loose, it will lose it. You have to find that balance between, you know, playfulness and focus, which is sometimes really hard. When you're at the top of your game. Uh, so I'm glad you got that back. How, how are you dealing with that now, like staying playful when it's high pressure?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, for one, I, I really am trying to maintain this mindset I, that, you know, it, it's a balance. I, I like that I get to say, you know, I'm in this position, I have nothing to lose, you know, like, yeah. I I wasn't in it and now I am and and I can be playful and I can put it all out there and no matter what happens I'm going to enjoy this experience Um, but I do want it and I do want to do it right and do it well and and that's just a right to me that's that right balance you know I can I can I can take both positions you know if I had qualified in my own right in the ranking for example then there might be pressure still. Um, and, and now looking back, I mean, this is just such a crazy fun (laughs) story. I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I, I prefer this way, you know, I prefer the hard way and, and the dramatic way. And, uh, so, you know, I, uh, I think, uh, I'm, I'm fighting, I'm definitely fighting that way. I feel great. I'm in the, definitely in the best shape that in my life, you know, that I've ever been. And thanks to a whole team of people and coaches and, um, and so I think I just gratitude helps me when I'm thankful for this experience. I'm thankful for fighting well and I'm, and I'm feeling it, then that keeps me playful and that keeps me, uh, competitive, um, and not thinking about have to do this or want to do that. Yeah.
1: And can you just walk us through that moment when you realize that you're not going to the Olympics and the, then the the, la- the couple of days, what's going on in your mind and like how how did you deal with that and how how long did it take for you to come to peace with with it or did you come to peace with it
0: you know yeah i mean i was determined to come to peace with it fast you know and i knew, i recognized that it was going to be a process you know you can you can post what i could you know i and i did a post not but a couple of days or whatever after and it's not but that doesn't you know even whatever you say there you you still have to live up to it you still have to uh um, try, you know, again, it's not all set and said and done. Um, and, and so, I mean, there was definitely going to be, people were trying to help me mourn, you know, and, and, and they said, you know, even though I was kind of still holding on inside a little bit for a weird reason. And, um, but, but for me, you know, and very important is you have to know why you do all of this. You know, especially if you're gonna go through hell or something like that, you have to have a to your core know why why you're doing it. If you're just doing it for you, then then maybe I've always disappointed my I would I would have disappointed myself, you know, or it would have been a big failure and and not the hard work and the self-betterment that it that it really was. And and that's where I'm lucky that as a karate student first, you know. Well, particularly as a Christian first and yeah. a karate student and then also as an athlete, every area of my life demands self-betterment, right? Yeah. Improvement and 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 being stagnant or plateauing is the enemy, right? You, so um, even in a huge defeat or something, I have to make a purpose of it. I have to come away better from it, even just like it was, you know, my first Dutch Open or something like that, you know, I, I and I would have mm-hmm. and I feel I have. Um, so you it's you can grant any moment the purpose that you you want it to be you know you can make anything of it so i i made it the moment that you know i just was going to depend more on god you know um and and i had been asking him as of late a lot to help me rely on him more and uh the more the more that i do that the more that uh the the more wild it gets so you know it's coming to a point where I just even can't help it and um in talking about it or in uh um in just recognizing the strangeness of some of it too and yeah. so I'm just for me that's what it was it was just depend on God and let him take me where he, I, he needs me to be and um and and continue that self-betterment process you know
1: Thank you for sharing that. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. First, I wanna ask you, I don't know if you read the new book with uh, Tim Grover uh, called Winning. Um, he was the coach for um, Michael Jordan and Kobe and, and mm. incredible book. And he speaks about when you lose or when uh, you get knocked out, that they everybody say bounce right back up, but his opinion is, no, I'm gonna stay down for a while and contemplate uh, and then I'm going to bounce back to be better. Uh, what's your thought on that and how, 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 how was that process for you? Yeah. Well, it, uh, it depends on uh, how much time you have. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, can you take the eight count yeah. or, you know, do you need to bounce right back up? And and that's what, you know, some of the things about our sport, right? I mean, in a karate match, like you said yourself, it, it is so fast yeah. that, you can't be hard on yourself. If you get scored on, you only have a minute left and you have to bounce right back. And then at the same time, if you lose and you have weeks before the next event, it's, it's, it's keeping everything in proper perspective and bouncing back at the right moment, I think is, is what we're touching on is that, you know, uh, yeah. Bounce right back up too early and and you haven't learned anything, uh, stay down too long and you're just being dramatic. So yeah, I think you're right. It's depending on the situation. That you you got to bounce back at the right time.
1: Yeah, and I think as a martial artist, the the whole thing with adapting and overcoming is is one of our best skills, right? And that's something that most people that have done martial art they see a lot of great things in their life when it comes to family, professional career, and so on because they they have that ability. Uh, or, or sanshin that, that we talk about in karate, the awareness of life, and they can see things differently. And it's hard to explain to somebody who hasn't trained martial arts, but it's just that kind of feeling. Uh, I want to talk about uh, letting go and, and, and your, your belief. And I think for many people, we there's people that are letting go completely and are not doing the work. And then there are people like they're doing the work and then let the results come as they go. And then there's people that are trying to hold on to that. Uh, how, how have you been in your life and how have you, how have this journey helped you understanding that uh, if I do the work and stay out of the results, uh, there, there are powerful forces that will help me.
0: Well, and and sometimes I mean it. Uh, it's it's it, again it's a learning process, right? And and the answer might be different one day than than the next, or in certain circumstances. And um, but it, there's definitely a balance. And you're right. You you have to. You can't just uh, claim that you know God's going to give this to me and, and not be working for it. You know. Um, and and so my mom even told me you know a couple a couple days ago like you got to train like it's all in your control and then you got to compete like it's out of your hands you know and and in god's hands and and i think that's true you know you do your preparation and then you you for me specifically i have to give up the results like you know if the the medals look cool or you know what it would mean to beat this person that person i have to give that up and and then that kind of sets me free to to go and play and and then do my game but um I think I, I picture it a lot as a parent, uh, you know, if, if God is your father and then he's going to raise you and, and I'm not a parent yet, but I can imagine that there are times where you say no, and there are times where you say wait, and there are times where you say yes. And there's, you know, and it's, uh, and, and we have to learn, you know, for me, prayer is my soundboard. If I am bouncing an idea off the wall it's important for us to hear ourselves, to know what we want in our heart. Um, Of course he already knows that, but for us to hear it ourselves and for us to learn, you know, do I ask for victory? Do I ask for the strength and the tools to get it done, but not ask for victory and, and, and I've done it all right. And I've had days, good days and bad days with all of it. And I think that's just a part of that learning process. And, um, and being raised like a child, so it's, uh,
1: uh, you know, still learning. Yeah, still, still searching that answer. That's awesome. And uh, let's talk about uh, how did you find out that you now you're going to the Olympics? This the dream is dead. Uh, you don't know if you're ever gonna compete in the Olympics again. Uh, like how, how, at that point when you knew you're not going to the Olympics, did you ever contemplate? it's quitting competition at all, or this was just another roadblock for you?
0: No, I mean, like in the post, you know, just like I said, I, I, I was doing this because I liked it long before we were Olympic. Um, I still have goals inside my sport, world championship stuff, you know, outside of the Olympics, I still have goals and I still like it. And this was never a do or die thing for me. Again, I think that, you know, different people in different circumstances for me, I have everything I need here and the lifestyle to still do this if I wanted. Um, and it would be, uh, sad if I decided not to, because I have everything I, and I enjoy it too much still, but you know, so that wasn't definitely, that wasn't on my mind at all. You know, we have the world championships this fall. There's the world games next year, which is going to be fun. Um, and, uh, but. Let's see, I, I kind of, you know, maybe had caught wind of rumor, um, you know, a couple days before it was official. And so, I mean, that was that was wild too. You know, I had athletes or, or people kind of around the world and there were articles, you know, there were articles uh, on BBC and stuff that were talking about this, which is surprising because I thought it should be very private information. Yeah. But um, I found out Friday morning, um, in fact, when I, I woke up, my wife and I woke up for the work day and... And I had a text waiting for me from the uh, CEO of USA Karate, Phil Hample, who had worked up all night. Like he had stayed up all night to do the paperwork between the WKF in Spain. It was morning time, middle of the night in the United States, uh, evening time in Tokyo, where the USOPC was, where this important paperwork had to get done. And he stayed up all night to do that. And then he texted me and I woke up to that text and he was like, it's done. It's, you know, go to sleep relax you know uh it was a very encouraging text it was amazing you know he, it was his excitement was you know i could i could feel it and then he did give me a call too and then it went on face facebook and instagram and so i think uh you know i i like to say that i was the first person to know officially and uh besides him of course and it was uh it was cool
1: i bet and how uh you, you spoke about in in uh, another post where you're saying now you get to qualify that you now you have nothing to lose and that's dangerous. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Because again, the pressure, right? The
0: expectation is, is, can be, uh, can be pressure. Um, and when there's, uh, you know, no, no pressure, um, and just joy, especially in an event like this where it's a celebration of athleticism, it's supposed to bring the world together. You know, it's, uh, you know, and no one's been on the stage. Yeah, you catch some of these athletes in a, in a medal match at a, at a world championship where they've been dominant for years, but no one has been to the Olympics, you know, not a single one of these karate athletes has been there. So it is an even playing field, you know, it's, uh, it's wide open. So I'm, I'm looking at it that way. I'm, I'm enjoying thinking about it that way. And I do think I'm dangerous right now. So I'm excited.
1: That's awesome. And, uh, have you competed in the Nippon Budokan before?
0: Yeah, I have a great story. Actually, when I uh, was 18 years old, I got to be a, in the uh, a seventh man on team Kumite for the world championships that were in Tokyo in oh, 2008. I was there too. <laughs> yeah, I really 18 at that time. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I was I had just turned 18. And uh, um, and I actually, you know, it was incredible tournament to to see. And I got to you know, train with, uh, John Fonseca and George Kotaka and all, you know, my heroes on the, on the USA karate team at the time. And, um, but I didn't get to compete at the end of the day. I never got the chance to step out, even though team USA was, they were going, you know, we were going, they, we won like three or four rounds in team Kumite and I didn't get to do it. I was so, you know, I was young too. And I was like upset and very (laughs) sad and, It was not till years later that I actually, you know, when we made the Olympics and we found out it was the Budokan, it was like quite a story that I, you know, I might get to compete and finally get to compete in the arena. And I did when we hit, there was a karate one there in uh, 2019. And I went out there and I felt great. uh, Lost to uh, Ken uh, Nishimura there, but I was, I was looking good. And uh, anyway, you know, this will be really, this to me will be the event where I, in my heart say, I, I got to compete at the uh, Nippon Budokan.
1: Yeah, it's a great arena, and um, probably gonna be a great audience as well. <laughs> yeah. Of hero people. <laughs> oh my god! So, what else do you want to share about mindset? And I know you you have practice soon. Thank you for for doing this. And I oh, of you guys are probably showing up now. So. Uh, Let's talk about mindset for a couple of minutes, and then I'll let you go. What do you want to say to people out there that are struggling with their mindset? And I think we touched on it before when you didn't make the Olympics, it you said it's I'm not going to blame or be jealous. I take responsibility. And that's something that has changed my life to always be responsible for what happens because then I can move on and change. But for people out there that have their struggle with their mindset, they're 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 doing good, but there's something. Blocking them from you know getting where they really want to be,
0: you know, um, I think, and everybody might be a little bit different, and so what's important is would be finding you know what works for you, right, and a lot of that's going to be trial and error, um, and a lot of that is going to be found out. You know, again, for me, over over ten years now on at the highest level, you know, international uh, with the WKF, it's taken 10 years and I'm still a work in progress. You know, it's not, um, so I think again, if, if an athlete thinks like this works right now, it, it might, and it might evolve, uh, or it might change, you know, um, some athletes want to get in, you know, get pumped up and fired up. And for me, I'm, I'm a little bit more, uh, I might need some of that sometimes, but I'm generally more calm. I, my coach and I like to laugh in the in staging and we like to crack jokes and, and appreciate our time together. You know, it, finding what works for you is, is important. And again, you will only ever find that out if you're taking notes, you know, if you go to the tournament and you, you have to do like a pre paragraph on, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm preparing. Then after the results, you will do a post, what you thought, what you think worked, what didn't work. And then you try it again and you try it again and you try it again and it it, it evolves. So, but if you go to the tournament and then you leave without thinking about what happened and how you prepared for it, it's lost lost potential, lost data that you can improve your game with, which, you know, not just, you know, punches and kicks, but very important, your mindset. And that takes honing, you know, that takes uh, uh, effort. So writing it down, taking notes, um and and finding out what works for you is important but again i think if one thing that translates to everybody is is when you're focused on what's not relevant for you know scoring a point that's not going to help you score a point so literally when you're in the ring it has to be um i've heard it really well keep your mind close to your body so the only things that matter are what's within reach you know uh hydration uh, my sleep uh my warm up my techniques my body so if i'm thinking about a medal over there mom and dad in the stands over there you know none of those matter uh the dojo back home you know it has to be just what's in your your reach keep your mind close to your body
1: yeah, I think I think that's really uh, really important lesson especially for people that are starting to gain success in the, their life in different areas it could be financial it could be winning medals it you still have to go back to the drawing board and be right here and and that's that's why I I always love to study people that are on their way up because that a lot of times their habits when they're on their way up is actually much stronger and better when you're already successful for many because uh, you have uh, that drive and doing the things that other people won't and the, the better you become you a lot of people get a little bit comfortable which sometimes can affect the results right yeah do you write down your goals
0: i sure do yeah i have i i've had journals for the last 10 years so now i'm on like my third or fourth book i guess and um and so i again every tournament that comes around I, I take pre-notes, what I've been working on, things I want to do, uh, small goals, you know, I want to try and pull off this particular kick. Yeah. Um, and and then I have the event happens, I record the results and I also talk about what I where I think I should go from there. At the beginning of every year, you know, I, I have a list of all the tournaments I'm going to do. I have a theme, usually I give each year a theme in my mind to, to stick with. Um, this year's theme is attitude. So, you know, it's all about just attitude for me that I can control. I may not be able to control a judge's flag, but I can control my attitude. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's very important to set yourself up for short goals, day to day, long goals, year to year. Um, and some goals, you know, uh, <laughs> four year cycles, you know, I have definitely used to that. Um, you know, the next Pan American games, the next Olympics, things like that is, uh, so you have, and then some lifetime goals, uh, that you have to be very, uh, thoughtful about. So, yeah, we definitely have goals, small, specific or large and grand, and, uh, it's all a part
1: of it. I think that uh, a lot of people out there can learn a lot from athletes because athletes, you guys know exactly what to do almost by the hour, right? Now you have a practice, now it's the next thing. And those are activity goals, like things that you're doing to get the end result. I think if you're listening to this and you've struggled with your goals, ask yourself, is, are they only results? Are you only writing down the result or are you actually writing down the activities that you need to do, do to get there? Just like Tom said, go back to what's close to you and what needs to be done next. Uh, Final question before I let you go. For people out there that have a big dream, a big goal, just like you, what's the first thing they should do right after this show? Hmm.
0: Well, if you want my take on it, I would say include God in in your plans, you know, ask him or or just contemplate it uh, with someone outside yourself, right? Because if you hold on to the dream just by yourself, it can... You know, it could be, it could be poisonous. It could, it could, it could, you could dwell on it. You could, but if you include other people and, and, and someone you can always include and is always ready to listen, that, that will help.
1: That's awesome. And for people that fear of sharing because they fear, they fear of getting hurt. And if they share something, what do you want to say to them?
0: That's, this is our human condition right it's not meant to be solo it's not meant to be a solo act um it, at the end of the day if i had you know qualified for the olympic games all by myself i'd have no one to share it with you know and and that's just as sad so it's important it, it, being human is is involving other people around you and it's way more joyful and it's way more supportive if you if you don't reach it you know um Going through sorrow together is, is beautiful in its own right. Uh, going through victory together is, is absolutely amazing. So include other people. And besides, they're, they're going to make it easier for you. They're going to, you know, your, your strength and conditioning coach does all of that for you. Your sensei plans out all of this for you. You know, um, these other people, when you, when you have a good team, that's, that's how you get stuff done.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom Scott, for being on the I Love Success podcast. I really appreciate you and your time.
0: I really am thankful for for being able to reflect on this stuff. I always love opportunities like this. So I appreciate you reaching out. And then also, you know, the the questions, uh, reading that old post, my gosh, it just helps me reflect and uh, now go have a good practice. So I appreciate you.
1: Awesome. And if you guys want to follow uh, Tom Scott and his journey to the Olympics, check him out at Scott 75 on Instagram. Uh, if you like this show and you enjoyed our conversation, please share it with somebody that needs to hear this message. Uh, my goal is to help at least 10 million people in 10 years to go after their dreams. But right now, if you're listening to this, you are the most important person to me. But if you just listen to this and go about your life, I think it's a little bit... Not, not what I'm trying to do. So, if if you find something valuable here, make some notes and and try to make one small little change in your life to improve yourself. I, I've been so blessed. 250 people that I've been able to meet with, and I always learn something from everyone. And I see, I see the growth in my own life, uh, and it's just been incredible. Thanks to all these people. So, thanks again. Check uh, out the show at I Love Success Podcast on any platform. You have my name, Peter Jumrukowski, on Instagram and YouTube. That's it for today. Thank you so much and talk to you soon.